Hey everybody, thank you so much for tuning in for episode 10. Yes, that's right, episode 10. 10 consecutive weeks I have been able to put something out, which is the first time in a long time that I've been this consistent with something outside of football and lifting. But episode 10 of the Max L Podcast, got a great episode here today. It's an interview between me and Coach Brian Chambers out at uh, Big Ben Strength and Conditioning in Tallahassee, Florida. Great guy, great coach. Um, Also, huge shout out to him for bringing me on as a remote coach so if anybody's interested in football programming or weightlifting programming and remote coaching with regards to both types of programming that i just mentioned uh let me know hey vin oh hi will oh the man the myth the legend Sometimes. is back i don't you know what i don't even think i'm gonna cut this out I, i've been kind of absent that's it's definitely a little bit on my part but uh i, I will be returning shortly that would be fantastic. Absolutely. Thanks, Ben. So what, what's what's going on here? What did I walk in on? <laughs> I'm recording the I'm recording the intro for uh for this week's episode uh-huh, nice. from one of the interviews I did last week. Yeah, Will's been killing it, so uh, definitely tune in. It's good stuff. Yeah, if he skips another episode, I'm just gonna jump on him in his sleep. <laughs> All 330 pounds of me. But anyways, enjoy this episode. Thank you guys for your continued support. Um, it means the world. Uh, we're trying to keep growing, so keep sharing, keep posting, keep reaching out to me for anything you have questions-wise regarding lifting, football, whatever it is, or just a message saying, what's up, above your podcast, I've gotten a few of those, and it honestly means the fucking world, but enjoy this episode with Coach Chambers, and thanks. Uh, Brian, how are you today, my friend? What's going on, Willie? How you doing? I'm pretty good. I'm still hanging in in quarantine, um, trying to stay busy, recording stuff for this, working out, going to the field, doing push-ups and sit-ups and, and plyo stuff in my room. My downstairs roommates definitely, or my downstairs neighbors definitely hate me from jumping around up in here and shit like that. But uh, to get started, obviously, thank you so much for hopping on. It means the world. Um, just the more people that I can get to interview on here, the better. Um, the more information I can spread, the better. Um, so yeah, just getting started. Uh, let's let's get in a little bit of a personal info. Uh, like, what got you into strength and conditioning specifically? Um, okay, so I I've always kind of lifted mm-hmm. uh, from about about twelve when I was allowed to go into the weight room area at the YMCA where I grew up. Yeah, uh, I would run like I'd run like three or five miles to get to the Y, and then work out and run back. Uh, but you know, I had to offset it by making sure that I got as much mountain dew as possible on the way there and back. Um, and, uh, you know, like I didn't really know what I was doing in the weight room. I knew how to bench kind of, uh, I just didn't understand anything to do with programming at all. So I would just do three sets of 10 or five sets of 10 bench at 95 pounds every day. Um, and just never thought maybe I should add like fives, this is actually a funny story to this. There was the the strong old guy at the gym. Uh-huh. Everybody has one. Yep. He he told me at one point that there was no plate that I was allowed to use that was a 45 or a 25. <laughs> so I just benched a 25 uh, on each yeah, side for, uh, you know, years. Fair, fair. Yeah, I had a uh, – he wasn't really a strong old guy at my gym, but he was a, he was a power lifter. Um, he was like 70, maybe, maybe like 72, yep. 73. Maybe late sixties. I don't know. He was an old, old dude. He worked at my high school and he was like, he helped with like baseball and cause he played baseball in college for like Tennessee. 
um, or Dartmouth. I, I don't know, some, something like that. And he played football too. And he helped with, with all the different sports and, and strength conditioning and stuff like that before my coach came in. And I remember running into him at this local gym, Busybody, uh, like right next to my house. I would do a similar thing. I would ride my bike there or run there um, about a mile and just work out. I'm like 14 at the time. And this dude, like he tried and true powerlifter, strong. He set like world records for like 70 plus. Like he squatted like four something or maybe even 500 at like 70 years old. Um, deadlifted a house freakishly strong for his age. But anyways, this man would always tell me how I need to do powerlifting. Like, mm. he's like, you're so strong. You're so good. Uh, it, you, you're definitely a, a 500 pound squatter, 600 pound squatter in within high school. Uh, just keep working. And then he kept telling me to strictly stick to the Wendler 531 program. Uh-huh. He said, don't ever veer away from this. This is the perfect program. Stick to this, stick to this, stick to this. I looked it up. I tried it for like two or three weeks and I, I was impatient obviously at the time. And maybe it would have gotten me stronger in powerlifting if I had stuck with it. But A, I had no desire to just deadlift all the time and squat all the time and bench all the time. And also um, I, he was an old man and I know how old men can be at the gym and they can be a little little out there and a little uh, little strict. So I just kind of disregarded it. But anyways, that's that's my uh, that's my old man at the gym story, other than the <laughs> old men that just sit in the corner of the locker room, bollocky naked. Anyways, um, uh, with that, uh, getting into strength and conditioning, uh, did that, did those workouts at the Y ever lead you to get into, um, like sports in high school? You play any sports when you were younger? No, I, um, and I, I never wanted to play sports, which is kind of weird, but I, I just kind of enjoyed going to the gym, which, um, led me into the next part, which was, uh, I just worked out the whole time in high school. And then graduated high school in the summer that I graduated, um, I started getting into CrossFit. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so, you know, I went on vacation with my dad to Arkansas to go visit some family and went to this CrossFit gym that they had there, did some workouts. I actually, I absolutely died. Uh, I was just, I had never once squatted, by the way, like this whole time that I've been training at the gym, I had never once done a squat. You ever do any leg workouts or? or no. Maybe no, leg extensions, I, not even. Nope. Nope. Just, uh, just, you know, the, the cable chest fly, the seated yeah. one and bench press and tricep pushdowns and bicep curls on the cable stack. Yeah. That was it. That was all I did. Um, and you'd think I would have a stronger upper body because of it, but no. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so I got into CrossFit and, um, coming back from vacation and then I did a little bit at the at the at my house before I moved to Tallahassee for college and just kind of I I got to Tallahassee and was shopping around I was like this is one of the first things that I wanted to do so I found a CrossFit gym and uh the first CrossFit gym that I went to um had uh I walked in and the most jacked woman I've ever met in my life like shredded to like so shredded she, she was the person that was managing the place, uh, Jenna Larson. She's, she's a, now she's been to the CrossFit games and she made it to the CrossFit regionals a few times as well. She was a, 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 as a master's athlete as well. She's a stud. 
uh, and I was like, if the women are this jacked, I need to go here because how strong could the men be? Oh my God. And, um, and then, yeah, I just did, I did CrossFit for a little while, uh, like maybe two years into that. And then I started, uh, no, I would say like maybe a year into that. And then I started getting into weightlifting and I also started coaching at the same time at this CrossFit gym. Um, not that I should have been coaching, but I was coaching and, uh, and, um, that was kind of how I got into coaching in general got into weightlifting right around the same time and started finding out that I enjoyed weightlifting more than I enjoyed breathing heavy. Um, but I kept coaching the whole time, got further and further into weightlifting sometime around sometime around 2016. I went to one of the, I think it was the 2016 Pendlay uh, weightlifting winter training camps. Um, and uh, that kind of changed everything for me. I, I, after finishing up that camp, I was like, this is what I want to do. And so, you know, after that, I came back and I started a weightlifting club in the CrossFit gym, started a little, started a little like a intro to weightlifting course. And that was my first like foray in just doing weightlifting for people. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. And, and uh, backtracking a little bit, I know you said you, all you did in high school was just like lift weights, work out. Yep. Um, were you that guy in high school who just walked around with a gallon jug 24 seven? No, no, no. I, and like thankfully I never became okay. gym bro. I don't know how I avoided it. Um, but yeah, no. Yeah. It seemed inevitable, especially with what yeah. you were doing. I, I was just, you know, lucky. I, I knew, yeah, I knew plenty of guys in high school. I mean, don't get me wrong. I used to, I, I took on that gym bro persona a little bit, but, but it was all partnered with, with football and, and, uh, weightlifting because high school weightlifting in Florida and all that. Um, I was always that guy who carried around a gallon jug of water, but then I started to see guys starting to do the same thing and they would wear tank tops and cutoffs to class and, and start taking pre-workout the last period of the day since they were going to the gym right after it was, I hated it so much. Just pissed me off. Um, But uh, what you said earlier, um, just before we got into that little rant about gym bros, um, Getting into coaching, uh, more specifically, I, I assume you went to Glenn Penley's camp and that that did a lot for you um, uh, mentally and, and with your coaching development. Is that one of your, uh, are his methodologies more of your favorite ones to lean towards in your training or are there anything else you try to incorporate? Yeah, you know, I like I did the Penley stuff, the Penley camp and the Penley camp is way different than what is training like on a day-to-day basis look like it's similar but you know the pen lake camps he wants to give us the he wanted to give us the muscle driver experience which is max out something every time that you go into the gym so we would go is a 10-day camp and we would go twice a day for almost every session um and uh in the morning we would work up to like a max in the power snatch and then like 80 percent on a power clean and then in the evening we would go and work up to a max in the power clean and 80 percent of the power snatch and just like really just brutal amounts of intensity and the gym environment was super hype and just very much kind of the Glenn Penlay cow strength muscle driver atmosphere Mm -hmm. and uh, his his methodology I managed to help get him over to the CrossFit gym that I was coaching at to come and teach a seminar and that's where I learned more about his actual methodology like what he does on a day-to-day basis for people and uh, I messed around with that. I applied it for a long time. And then I just, I think as every young coach wants to do, uh, 
tried to tinker with it and make it my own. And Mm -hmm. honestly, I feel like I lost the effectiveness of it, but you know, that was kind of a, kind of where I got my, like dip my toe into learning about weightlifting programming. And recently have come back around to it because of weightlifting house who put out the Glenn Penley method book Mm -hmm. and read it. I, I read it in a day and it just solidified a lot of the beliefs that I had. And I've been applying that with all of our weightlifting team since then. And, uh, man, that shit works. It works really, really well. You know, it took, it helped us get a, a lot of our athletes, state championship medals. One of our athlete, uh, TJ is now on the world team. Um, because of it, I, I solely contributed to that, man. I don't think anything else would have pushed him hard enough. I bet. I bet. And, and huge shout out to TJ too, uh, on the podcast. Uh, I don't know when I'm going to put this episode out to be, uh, completely honest with you, but, but when I'm recording this, it was last week's episode. Um, yep. checking him out, kids of beast, you've done great things with him. Um, more into, uh, coaching athletes more specifically what do you think are the hardest lists to coach in beginners whether they're uh weightlifters or football players or or baseball players or whatever you know i think the clean is the hardest one i think the clean is the hardest one okay um mostly because by the time somebody's kind of like in the high school age their mobility has gone to shit Mm -hmm. so like squats simple enough i can teach them how to do it bench press jerks um snatches i always felt i've always felt like snatches were easier to teach than cleans were mm-hmm. um yeah, that's yeah kind of, i really think the clean's the toughest one yeah that's kind of the opposite i mean i've talked to a number of, of strength coaches and they all say that the snatch is the hardest even to the point where where i've noticed not at my school but but at other schools too a lot of college strength coaches avoid snatching and they go for dynamic strength and, and power development in that aspect. And they just focus on cleans. They might throw in snatch pulls, but mm-hmm. I feel like they just avoid snatches just because they feel like it's, it's so difficult to coach. But I feel like if, if you really break it down and, and it, I didn't notice this until I got my USAW certification. So I took uh, Danny Camargo's course for uh, my level one. And yeah, uh, he I provided, did too. yeah, he provided a lot of insight outside of, of what USAW's, technical stuff you need to know basically their criteria and uh probably the best thing that i pulled away from that is especially this is when i was really struggling with with my snatch technique because it had just gone to shit because my training got screwed up last fall uh this past fall because of covid and and not being able to train routinely um i noticed that the pull in both the snatch and the clean are essentially the same exact movement same exact thing. The only thing that's different is where your hands, your hand placement on the bar, and then maybe where you make contact on your thigh. Uh, and that only changes because of your hand placement on the bar. And and for anybody listening, like if you're somehow, if you can clean, but you can't snatch, the only thing that changes is how you catch the bar. Yeah. Um, well, uh, along more so or more with uh, coaching athletes specifically, um, what are some common issues you see in beginner athletes? Like, uh, if there was one issue that you see across all athletes, whether it's, it's mobility, um, if it's, if it's an issue with a particular lift, um, um, what do you think that might be? There's a bunch of them. So, okay. So part of it is just due to like 
lifestyle of being a high school student. I don't mm-hmm. think kids should be in school all day. I don't think that they should be sitting down all day like they mm-hmm. are. And especially now, a lot of them are doing school from home and they're still doing the same thing. And I think that we could have reworked the school from home type thing mm-hmm. to be a little bit more self-driven, but mm-hmm. you know, it's whatever. But because of that, you know, hips are tucked under all the time. So people have weak hamstrings and weak glutes um, and then weak abs. And then the other big thing is they're leaning forward because they're, you know, posture on their phone all the time and looking at the computer screen all the time. So, you know, they tend to have a weak upper back as well because of their poor posture. So it's just general weakness is my biggest frustration with most high school athletes, you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. I noticed, uh, thankfully, I I was always fairly active growing up, mm-hmm. and I think that's kind of what made my transition into competitive lifting and, and focusing on that more a little bit easier outside outside of football workouts and, and gym bro workouts. Um, I never really dealt with, like, I feel like a specific weakness. Obviously, upper body, but that also comes with um, – I'm 300 pounds. I've always been heavy. You know, my freshman year of high school, I was – 215 I graduated at 295 um yeah which it, I needed to for recruiting aspects I wouldn't be playing football in college if I didn't do that uh but I'm I'm with you a hundred percent I've seen so many so many weak teammates or or um I guess just teammates and, and people in general at the gym who have who I knew at school who would always struggle with with uh, pull-ups, they would always struggle with overhead work. I'd see them struggling with with military press and push presses and and stuff like that. Uh, another question: um, Do you have a preference in what your favorite athletes to coach are? Like any like football players, baseball players, uh, CrossFitters, um, weightlifters? Yeah. Okay. So uh, for the most part, I'm a weightlifting coach. So obviously weightlifters, but if I'm going to try and pull athletes from different sports into weightlifting, I think my favorite usually are wrestlers and uh, volleyball players. Okay. Volleyball players. Any specific reason why? Um, Volleyball players tend to have the, tend to have good proportions for weightlifting, which is weird. You wouldn't think so because they're tall, but it's also, they all seem to have like arm length that fits weightlifting pretty well. Mm-hmm. So it's not like their arms are so long that they can't make contact at the hip at all. I gotcha. Um, they're also very explosive because they're used to jumping all the time. They're in great shape. So I don't have to do any conditioning with them. Um, and most volleyball players in, at least in Tallahassee that I've worked with tend to have some familiarity with cleans at least because of girls weightlifting is a very big sport here. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have a, they have some kind of a background. I'm not a huge fan of teaching beginners weightlifting. Um, I just, uh, it, honestly, it bores me, but uh, taking like intermediate athletes and making them advanced athletes is really exciting for me. Gotcha. So they, they tend to fall into that line. Okay. That's fair. I guess I've just, I've never heard that, that correlation with, with volleyball players and, and weightlifting. I never thought that they would, that they would transfer well. I don't know. I know a few football players that have, that have transferred well into weightlifting. Like I know, um, I'm pretty sure Wes Kitts was a football player. Um, yeah. Also, uh, I know gymnasts. There's plenty of gymnasts, gymnasts, cheerleaders, Kate yeah. and I, Maddie Rogers. Gym- um, gymnasts and cheerleaders would be my like next favorite. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I'd, I'd have to say um, it's always a pain 
working with working with like my teammates for football, trying to help mm -hmm. them with their cleans and their snatches. Oh yeah. You know, it's always reverse curls or they get stuck right here or snatches are always yeah. pressed out and 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 it, it's it's absurd. Um just where kids are at, especially coming into college, um, not knowing how to clean properly through high school. And I guess a lot that a lot of that's on on high school strength and conditioning programs, not teaching kids how to lift efficiently and effectively. Like I've seen I, you've probably seen those videos of, of guys maxing on cleans in high school and they have a spotter yeah. in front of them. Mm -hmm. like yeah. I, yep. That's the worst. Yeah. And, and the problem with that really isn't, it's not the strength and conditioning program. It's the fact that there isn't a strength and conditioning yes, program. Yes, ex exactly. There's, there's a guy who's a history teacher who also gets paid a bonus to teach the football team or to coach the football team. And then he also has to teach them how to do strength and conditioning. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just like it logistically doesn't make any sense. And maybe it's because there's no money, but I think honestly, people just don't want to do the work of building and developing a program at a school. And it just mm -hmm. takes time and it takes a lot of effort. You kind of got to eat shit for a little while yeah. for it to happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, and we already touched on this a little bit, uh, talking about TJ, but how was like, what did you do to get big Ben started? Obviously, you know, you run that gym, that's your brand, that's your weightlifting team. So what, what did it take for that to get started? You know, I'm, I hopefully want to do something similar to you and have my own gym, coach my own athletes. Um, so what was your course of action there? Yeah, man. So, you know, I got my start in coaching. I, I would not advise anybody to start a gym and start coaching at the same time. That's mm -hmm. not a good idea. You know, so I got my starting coaching at uh, the CrossFit gym. I started this barbell club. The barbell club started to grow and I started to realize that I really enjoyed working with high school athletes the most. Um, and so I have done, I did a combine, one of the USA weightlifting combines at one of the schools in town. I had a lot of people show up to it, which is really cool. And I got some really good weightlifters that were youth level lifters that, uh, came out and built a, built basically a youth weightlifting team out of it. And, um, that just started to grow and it got to the point where I was like, I'm not enjoying teaching CrossFit anymore. Um, combine that with like some coaching education that I was doing, uh, with strong fit at the time, it was just like, CrossFit wasn't what I wanted to do. And weightlifting was what I wanted to do. And, you know, there's not a better time to start a gym than when you're single, you're 21, 22. Uh, and you know, really the risk is kind of low, you know? So started a gym in May of 2019. And, uh, at the time I had basically four, four adult clients that were doing, um, not weightlifting training. They were just doing basic strength training with some, some of the other strong fit stuff that I was doing. And, uh, then the weightlifting team and, uh, somehow we managed to make it somehow we managed to make it here, you know? Yeah, yeah absolutely. I'm, I'm with you hundred percent on that, on that risk reward deal. Um, you know, you got to take those risks when, when you're younger, which is why I'm kind of trying to get a jump start on this stuff now. Cause I feel like yeah. if, if I leave college and, you know, I'm a marketing major and I take a marketing job and then yeah. I go forward with that. And I'm not really enjoying it, but I'm making money, um, mm -hmm. start a family and, and go that route. Um, like I'm never going to get back to the gym and, and working it's out. It's going to be a lot harder to do it if you, tr if you do, you know, this Absolutely. is, I've actually got a kind of a funny story about how like the logistics of the gym got started. I, uh, I was, I, I've got one guy who I'm going to be partnering with. He said, he's going to invest 20 grand 
And uh, I had no money, but I had all the time and the energy mm-hmm. to do all the work for it. So that was yeah. going to be my input. And uh, the day before I signed the lease on this place, he calls me. He's like, hey, I uh, cannot invest any money. I'm getting a divorce. And so oh, I have no money. Jesus. <laughs> and um, and uh, so there I am the next day signing the lease anyway. Uh <laughs> with no money. And, uh, I had, I had $600 from my last paycheck and, uh, I was like, well, let's fucking go. And, <laughs> and, uh, got, you know, I got a little bit of equipment and a website. And then I had, uh, one of my clients say here, I'll front a little bit, a little bit of cash to help get like first month's rent. And then I had another client pay for six months of personal training up front. And, uh, that, you know, that got me through the first two months of everything before we could, you know, build, build enough to be able to make, you know, make my expenses. Yeah, of course. That was a, uh, it's always an interesting story, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Building, building from, you know, you have everything planned and then all of a sudden your main investor pulls out and then you're just, you're just fucked basically. So, yeah. so mad, yeah. mad props to you for, for, um, for still going forward with that and, and taking that risk and, and clearly it worked out well. So I yeah, uh, can't, yeah. can't complain. Uh, moving forward. Um, for those of you listening that don't know uh, me and coach chambers here met through TikTok, which is, it's kind of weird to say that now, especially because yeah, it's it, wild. It, I used, I used to shit on TikTok so much for people dancing and, and, and shit like that. And then all of a sudden uh, I decided to post my lifting videos one day and then boom, it blew up a little bit and and now I have 18,000 plus followers and, and I'm trying to keep growing. So it's just, it's, I, I joke and say TikTok's like the new LinkedIn because I met so many people like you, Luke, it's uh, insane, man. Sam, it's, it's insane. Agreed. Um, but with that on TikTok, uh, people listening, uh, coach chambers has started this thing called the strength games. Uh, why don't you tell me a little bit about that? So we'll back up a little bit because I, I kind of got into TikTok uh, maybe, I think it was like October, November of, of 2019, I guess. Wow, 2019. And maybe it was later than that. I think it was 2019 and um, kind of was just like posting dad jokes. That was really <laughs> it. You know, I had <laughs> just like dumb shit. Like uh, uh, I, I'd, add, I'd go up to like one of my, one of my weightlifting team and be like, Hey, what's a, you know, what, what's a, is a pirate make a really good weightlifter uh, hook grip and then just <laughs> oh laugh and end the video. And it was just shit like that, you know? And, uh, and then it just started like, somebody was like, Hey, maybe you should like post something that's like kind of helpful. Mm-hmm. So I started doing that and it just built and built and built. Yeah. And really what got me famous was some of the, like not famous, but like a lot of followers was uh, a lot of the strength ratio videos that I used to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and then from there, there was like, I, I made like one dump truck video that was pretty funny and that got yeah. a lot of views, but just like, just consistently have been posting helpful stuff. And I've just been trying to figure out like, man, I have such a massive audience right now. What, what can we do? What can, what can I do with this? You know? Cause I, yeah. I just don't know what the point of having 20,000 people is, but not doing anything with it you know mm-hmm. so uh over christmas break like i think it was right after new year's i had the idea for a competition 
So the Big Ben Strength Games is the first ever uh, TikTok strength competition. People are going to submit their videos via TikTok. Um, and uh, we're going to have four events this year. We're going to do the first event is going to be a one rep max clean and a one rep max deadlift with straps for your best total. And then we've got three weight classes and we've got an advanced and a beginner division for both male and female. Um, and so my idea behind this was, was I want to do a strength competition, but I want to make sure that it's not something that you would ever do in person. So not just snatch and clean and jerk and not squat bench deadlift. Um, but I want to be a little bit more inclusive with it. So, you know, gym bros can get in on the deadlift and then maybe start to learn a little bit of how to do some cleans. And then later on down the road, I think we're, we might be doing like shoulder to overhead or like a push, like a push press or a jerk mm -hmm. or something like that, or just go strict press. I don't know. Um, and, uh, and snatch maybe, I don't know. I haven't decided on all the events yet, but, um, basically just create a big massive following and allow people to show off and then also give out a cash prize. Um, cause I think that that's one of the best ways to get a lot of people involved is cash prize. So, Absolutely. you know, I know that this is going to build over time. This first one, we, we don't have a whole lot of registrations. Like I, I was hoping that we'd get, you know, 20 plus right now we're sitting right around 10, but the idea is that the more people that sign up, uh, the more people that, uh, the more cash prize that there is going to be for the winners, you know? Yep. yep. So that that's kind of the strength games. I'm excited to watch it grow. Uh, we're talking with sponsors right now to help uh, uh, like boost this thing up a little bit. Yeah, I think, yeah I think I'm very excited about it. Yeah, sponsors would be would be tremendous, especially if uh, do you get a sponsor to throw in something from their company for like the winner or something like that? Yeah. Um, whatever's whatever's gonna bring people in. I'm disappointed. I can't compete in this first one. Stuck in quarantine. I won't be able to be in a gym until like February first. So I still got. Oh it. man. Yeah. You actually might have a shot because it's a week long event. So okay. you have a week to you have a week to do you know, to to record and submit your video. Okay. Um is it so it, like all quick question. So is all it, your both go ahead. Um is it like in one video clean and then deadlift or two separate? Yep. One video. Yep. So it's so one, in one 60 video seconds, stand, yeah. sixty seconds one clean video, and then deadlift. Yeah, you stand basically one video, you stand on the scale, show your body weight. Then it doesn't have to be like a one a one shot, mm -hmm. you know, it's just got to be edited together to have your body weight, the video of your clean showing the weights to make sure that they at least say what weight they are. And yep. then and then your deadlift and show what weights they are. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm still hesitant just because I, at that point, it will have been probably like 11 days not touching a weight. Um, actually last time I lifted yeah, was right. Thursday, the Thursday before I left, when I took a, took a whirl at that 400 pound clean, um, that was mm -hmm. shoot. I think that was like the, like the 15th or something like that. Um, I'm, I'm going psycho without a gym. It's yeah, it's brutal, but, uh, you'll, not... you'll have, to, you'll have time to hit it. Quit. Uh, no yeah. more excuses out of it. We'll see. It starts we'll on the see. 30th and you have. You've got until the sixth to to upload a video. So okay. we'll, we'll yeah, see. You got we'll see how we'll see we'll see how I feel on that. Um, for uh, for furthermore with TikTok, um, you are currently trying to get a team of coaches. Yes, 
which yep. yeah. So I'm on there as a weightlifting coach. If you guys want to train with me, uh, reach out to big Ben strength and conditioning. Um, I am listed as a remote coach, so get strong with me, but continue. Right. Yeah, man. So the kind of building on the idea of 25,000 followers, what the fuck do I do with that? You know? Mm-hmm. And I, I've always had a hard time trying to figure out how to build an online coaching business because, you know, one, I don't want to, I like, not that I don't want to, but I just can't physically work with enough people for me to feel like it's profitable. And then, you know, I've been listening to a lot of um, uh, this, this podcast called a uh, WTF gym talk. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, if anybody's out there trying to figure out how to make a business out of coaching in general, whether it's an, a brick and mortar or an online business, I highly recommend this guy, uh, this podcast, because it is so helpful. It has been, I would say solely responsible for me thinking of myself more as a business owner and not just a guy who knows how to work out. Um, but you know, basically it was, uh, it was, what do I do with this? And, you know, if I do online coaching, I'll probably get, you know, five clients or so, um, uh, cause 25,000 people really the ratio of that to people that are actually going to make a sale and actually want to do lifting. Also, I really only want to work with Olympic weightlifters and, Mm -hmm. you know, probably somebody who's more of an intermediate lifter trying to get to advanced. Um, I figured why not bring other people into this and pull our audience. So I, I, uh, I'm posting, I'm interacting with people like you and like Luke, and then a few other people that I'm talking to, uh, that we haven't, we haven't made it official yet with some of the other coaches, but, um, I was like, man, there's like 10 of us that have 20,000 followers. I'm sure that there's some carry some like overlap, but mm-hmm. for the most part, it's probably a pretty unique audience, you know? Absolutely. And, uh, you know, we take that and we have at the end of the day, something like a hundred thousand to 200,000 followers that, all could be working with an online coach through big Ben strength. Mm -hmm. And so I started thinking about it as kind of like building the Avengers of the, of the, of the online coaching uh, space uh, just in TikTok because I know nobody else is really doing this over on Instagram. You've got kind of the juggernauts with like juggernaut training systems. Mm -hmm. Who's got some massive lifters that are also their coaches. Mm -hmm. Uh, You've got, you know, Cal strength uh, who just got on TikTok. You've got a whole bunch of, you've got a whole bunch of people over on Instagram, but I think it's a great, I think it's a great market, but I think it's eventually going to die out with as little reach as you can get over there. Whereas on TikTok, you can constantly find new people by posting about different things and they'll show you, uh, show them your content based on what they're interested in, you know? Yeah. So I wanted to pool resources and get specialists in each of the different strength realms. So any way that somebody wants to get strong, they can do it with our online coaches. And I did the same thing in my, in my gym right now, we have six different classes on strength training and any way that somebody wants to get strong, whether that's with strongman stuff, powerlifting, weightlifting, uh, general strength, uh, bodybuilding, anything, any way that somebody wants to get strong, they can come and do it in person. And now they can do it online. Gotcha. Gotcha. Definitely, definitely really, really smart. Um, like you said, it's, it's essentially an untapped market. Um, yeah. People market it on, on training, uh, remote coaching anyways, on YouTube, on Instagram, Twitter, I, I, not much on Twitter, but Twitter a little bit, but, but not really TikTok, And especially with an app that's growing. Um, I definitely think it's, it's, it's smart. And I'm, I'm more than thrilled to be on, 
on board at uh, at the beginning of it, and, and hopefully I'll be able to see it grow. But uh, I think that wraps it up, unless you've got anything else you want to talk about or throw in. Um, uh, do you, you guys want to cover a little bit about um, the Penlay method? Uh, sure. Throw it on me. I'm, I'm more than happy to learn. I, uh, I have... I have a few, I have a good amount of books um, at my disposal um, to learn from, probably a solid 15. Um, yeah. But I do not have, I don't think I have anything from uh, Penlay. Um, yeah, he, he never really put anything out until Weightlifting House put one out after he died. So, you know, I it's yeah. as far as I know, the only coaching resource that he actually put out. No kidding. So, yeah. Let's, uh, let's dive into it. So the Penley method is essentially trying to figure out how to get people strong, how to get people technically good at the lifts and how to get people um, courageous enough to take big attempts often. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's his way of blending the Bulgarian method and West Side method with the Texas method that he uh, helped create. Um, so very simply, it's we're going to have a high volume Olympic lifting day. We're going to have a high volume strength day. We're going to have a moderate max day. We're going to have a full max day. And then we're going to have a heavy strength day. So five day program, two rest days on one on Thursday, one on Sunday. Um, Mondays is high volume Olympic lifts. So he will run a every minute on the minute cycle. It'll start with 20 minutes for week one, 18 for week two, 15 to, you know, I'm sorry, 20, 15, 10, five. Um, And percentage goes up on those each time. So you're doing lifts on the minute. You're getting a little bit of conditioning. You're trying to create some consistency. The beautiful part about EMOMs is that you get all the benefits of the technique feedback that you need from rep one to change and make better on rep two without the fatigue of doing heavy doubles. Okay. Right. That's the biggest reason that he loves doing EMOMs. And I, I love him for that reason as well. Um, so that's really all we'll do snatch and clean and jerk on Mondays. And then that can change variation based on what technique the lifter needs to improve. Right. So it could be hip snatches for an entire month training cycle. It could be block lifts for an entire, entire training cycle, whatever it is, pause lifts, whatever it is that they need to improve in. Um, Tuesdays is going to be our high volume strength day. And by high volume, he means five sets of five on the push press five sets of five on the back squat or front squat, and then five sets of three on the snatch grip deadlift. Okay. And this is essentially just trying to get somebody as strong as possible. And uh, the, the progression on that is just try and add uh, at least a kilo to your weights every week. Uh, yeah. And, it seems, seems, seems fairly, fairly simple. Keep going. I didn't mean yeah. to interrupt you there. Yeah, it's it's fairly simple. It makes sense. Just get stronger. Yeah. <laughs> really, that's it. You know. Yeah. Um, Wednesdays is going to be a, it's going to be a max day, but it's going to be a max on a variation that inherently limits how much weight you can actually move. So okay. it's about getting mental maximum effort uh, without physically taxing your body uh, as extremely as the full snatch and clean and jerk would. So the time is going to be a power snatch or a power clean. Um, It could also be like a pause, power snatch, pause, power clean, whatever variation that I do on Wednesday, I'll do the full variation of that on Friday. Okay. So Friday is 
the classic max out Friday, work up to a max on the snatch, work up to a max on the clean and jerk. We change the variation that we use every two weeks, similar to the West side style, okay. similar to the West side style. Um, and as we get closer to competition, it becomes more specific to the actual lift. Did you catch that last part? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Okay. Um, sorry, my camera cut out. So as we get closer to competition, it becomes more specific to the actual full snatch and clean and jerk. Okay. Um, whereas further away out, we might be doing more technical variations that limit how much weight they can use. Okay. So quick, and quick then question, quick question for some, for some clarification. So obviously Monday, high volume Olympic lifts, EMOMs. I've seen you do that with, with some of your athletes that I'm follow, that I follow and I'm friends with. Um, day two, uh, strength day, fairly simple. Uh, Wednesday, you said, what was Wednesdays again? Work up to a max on the Olympic lifts, but choose a variation that limits okay. how much weight they can actually move. Okay. So like you said, hip snatches, uh, uh, hang, uh, hangs, hip block, whatever that may be. Yep. Okay. Yep. Gotcha. And usually, usually a power variation because that also then limits how much they can move. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, and then Friday is going to be our full lift to maximum of some kind of variation, whatever you do on Monday, that's power. We'll do the full version of that on Friday or I'm sorry, whatever the Wednesday, Wednesday lift is. Yeah. We'll do the full variation of that on Friday and then repeat again the next week and try and add, add, try and PR that variation. Okay. So on, so whatever workout you do on that Wednesday, you max that out on Friday. Yes, but so it'll be like a so for example, Wednesday will be power snatch and power clean and jerk, uh -huh. and then Friday snatch and clean and jerk. Okay, okay. So you just yeah, whatever lift you were working on with whatever variation, you just do the actual lift on that Friday. Exactly. Okay, gotcha. Yep. And then Saturday is going to be our heavy strength day. Okay. So we did five sets of five on Tuesday on, on Saturday, we're going to do work up to a five rep max on the push press work up to a five rep max on the back squat or front squat, and then work up to a three rep max on the snatch deadlift. Okay. And, uh, essentially on those strength days, you're just doing the same, same strength day every week until it stops working. And then you maybe change a small thing and then keep it going again. Okay. Uh, or you just kind of try and grind through, but essentially just trying to add a kilo to three kilos every week on it. Uh, the only thing that I really change is the push press. Okay. I've just, I've found that it's not as great and it tends to be the lift. That's the struggle for the most amount of people. Mm -hmm. I gotcha. I gotcha. I'm, I'm, I'm with you there with, with push presses. I've, uh, I struggled with with them a fair amount. It wasn't it wasn't until honestly just talking about training in general. It wasn't until this past this past like before this whole no working out thing with quarantining. Um, it wasn't until probably a month prior to this where I'm at now that I actually really started to push myself. Like I always knew I was strong, but you know I was always capping off my clean at like three forty three fifty. Um, I was always capping off my snatches at like 270, um, capping mm -hmm. off uh, squats, obviously the, the more basic lifts, like your power lifts and your strength lifts, I was never really hesitant on just cause I knew I could move big weights in those, but I just didn't have the confidence to do that 
with my Olympic lifts and, and Olympic accessories like the push press. So um, then once I actually found myself really starting to push myself and, and get into those, what, what I like to call real big boy numbers, uh, hitting that, that like 170 plus 175 plus clean and jerks. And then the 140 plus snatches. Um, that's when I saw more development. And then when talking about the push press, um, my push press, even when I got the, the courage to go for bigger weights, I didn't hit nearly as heavy as I thought I would, you know, like I tapped off at like 300 when I can jerk upwards of 400. Right. So I'm with you there. Um, I guess yeah, that just didn't see a whole lot of benefit of it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, uh, I think that, I think that really concludes everything. Um, broke down the Penlay method, talked about TikTok and, and, and lift talk, as I like to call it. Um, talked about how you got into big bend and how you got into strength and conditioning. Um, anything else? No, man, I think that's just about it. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for hopping on here. Um, again, huge shout out to you. Huge shout out to big Ben strength and conditioning out of Tallahassee in Florida. Um, if you want to give, I'd give a quick shout out to your socials or whatever, if anybody listening doesn't know who you are. Yeah. Thank you. So, um, go ahead. Definitely on TikTok. Follow me. Uh, we're at big Ben strength. I really would like to have some more followers over on my Instagram because uh, just like yeah. I have seen no carryover from TikTok yeah. over to Instagram. But yeah, over there were Big Ben Strength and Conditioning. Um, I've got like a thousand followers or something like that. And then and then just like a massive amount of following on TikTok. So yeah. um, that would be really great. Uh, I've got a YouTube channel thinking about getting back into the podcast a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, but YouTube channel is Big Ben Strength and Conditioning. And uh, over on Twitter, we're Big Ben Strength. Gotcha. And then as, as always, uh, listeners, thank you so much for your support. Um, keep following, keep sharing. The more we grow, uh, the more tempted I am to, to get into some merch and, and get into t-shirts and, and beanies and, and uh, tank tops and hoodies, whatever, whatever people wear. I've had people reach out to me on Instagram saying, if you drop merch, you know, tank tops would be cool. Hats would be cool. Um, yeah. so I'm definitely going to keep doing that, but I just need to make sure that max out keeps growing. You know, I can't, I can't put my money into that and invest into that and then have it all of a sudden just flatline and plateau, yeah. you know, that would, that would hurt a lot. Um, especially yeah. being a college kid with, with not a lot of money to start anyways, but, um, yeah. as always, and we, uh, follow we me can, on. we can talk about that a little bit off air too. Cause I have some ideas there. Absolutely. That would be huge. But as always, follow me on TikTok at Willie underscore C65, Instagram and Twitter at WCunningham65. And yeah, I guess that uh, wraps it up.